630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. you're having a great night let's tell you quickly what's going on in the nhl flames and predators now 1-1 with seven and a half to go in the first period jets lead the stars 3-1 in the second senators and wild tied 4-4 in the second period philly shuts out arizona 3-0 all three goals in the third period for the flyers the canadians are going to get a victory here they're up 3-0 on detroit in the final minute and the maple leafs shut out the Golden Knights, who dropped to four and five on the season, four nothing. Toronto is the final in that game. Rangers and Canucks, one of three games still to come this evening. The Oil Kings are pounding Lethbridge. It's four nothing with a minute and a half left in the first period, and the World Series game six down to the top of the fifth. The Braves are trying to win it all tonight. They lead the Astros three nothing. As we go to the hotline for certain teed professional grade building materials, the producer of this show. Our Elks analyst here on 630 Shed, the one and only Dave Campbell is on the line. Dave, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great, Reed. How are you, buddy? I am doing great. Uh, we're rocking and rolling tonight. Had Kelly Rudy on the show. And, of course, Craig McTavish joins us as uh, a new regular guest here on Inside Sports. He's going to be on a couple times a month. Uh, it was great to talk to Mac T, who is uh, an awesome storyteller. And uh, he's thrilled to see Kevin Lowe's number going up on Friday. Yeah, it's uh, it, what a week. And I'm so happy for Kevin that he gets to go up. And this has been long overdue. And yes, I know there was, you know, some vitriol towards him, rightly or wrongly. I'm sure there's there's arguments in both categories. But Craig McTavish, I mean, what a, what a tremendous storyteller. What a tremendous mind. Uh, in, in my view, one of the best coaches ever uh, in this franchise's history. And uh, I, I'm just so excited that we have a chance to speak with him uh, a couple times a month. Very exciting for us and very exciting for our listeners. And, uh, you know, I think I think we're going to take uh, listeners uh, down a path where they're going to really enjoy going down where MACD is going to take us uh, a couple times a month. It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a blast for sure. Okay. Uh, I, I know you watched the game last night. You've been watching all the Oilers games. Um I guess he might have missed a preseason game where there was a conflict with the Elks. It was kind of a weird one last night because they all didn't play great. Yeah. But I thought Seattle looked like kind of a typical expansion team that we saw when Minnesota and Nashville and some of those teams joined the league. I mean, what Vegas did was such an anomaly and I thought with Seattle, you you got hard workers. You should have decent goaltending, though Grubauer hasn't been awesome yet. He probably will be at some point. But they're, when they play a team like the Oilers, they will need twice as many chances than the Oilers will to get the same number of goals. I think that's the key. And, you know, you mentioned the Golden Knights and what they did in 2018, 2017, 2018 is remarkable. And they're still a pretty good hockey club, maybe not as good as they were from that season or, you know, the the, the few seasons after. Um, but they caught lightning in a bottle. I think they surprised some, some people because they made so many side deals with general managers that I think there's a lot of general managers that went, oh, I didn't expect it to go this way. But, uh, you know, good on George McPhee and his brass to, for building a team and also finding players 
who were hungry, you know, and, and that year they got major contributions from William Carlson, you know, 43 goals. We've never seen that again, but Riley Smith's good player. James Neal was on that team, uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury. But, you know, I think what got exposed is their center depth was terrible. And I think that's how they, uh, the Canadians kind of exposed them in the, uh, in the uh, semifinal, Stanley Cup semifinal last year. But you look at Seattle, they're a hard-working, annoying team to play against defensively. And, yes, they do have good goaltending. They're going to struggle scoring, but they found a way to make it 3-2 read. And, and they also have a very good penalty kill. I mean, they're 90%. That's pretty impressive against the Oilers' power play. However, the Oilers' power play scored last night. So right. uh, that's a plus. And I'm so glad to see someone like Kyle Torres score and Kyler Yamamoto score, especially Yamamoto. You're playing top six minutes, and I, I know Brownie talks about it a lot uh, on post-game show on overtime open line. You playing the top six, you better score. So, you know, I hope we can see Yesse Pugliarvi find the, the net again, and I'm sure he will. But, you know, from a performance where the back end, and I still have some concerns that they give the puck up way too much, um, I, I have been impressed with Keith and CC, but I think as a group, they have to try and settle down, but then you got the goaltender, Miko Koskinen. I mean, a week ago, we're wanting to lynch him or fans. Some fans were because he was not very good against the flyers, but he comes back and he has two very good performances, one in Vancouver and last night against the, uh, against the Kraken. So they're seven and one, and you know, there's going to be a down spell at some point. But I don't see this team going to go into the tank and have a, you know, four or five game losing streak. I can see them, you know, maybe they lose three or four, two or three, but then they find a way to to go on a run where it's they they reverse that trend. Yeah, I love Zach I, Hyman. You, I love Zach Hyman, by the way. You I do love Zach Hyman. Love, he's love he's Zach completely Hyman. as advertised so far. Yeah, he is. You know, and and even more. You know, I think he probably has more skill than I thought, um, and that's you know not to discredit him. But I thought what was really, you know, solid about him uh, and the signing is he's a guy that digs after pucks, knows how to go to the front of the net. We, we talked about it last week when I was on the show. But, I mean, that pass he made to Dreisaitl, that was, that was, that's pure skill. That, that's smarts right there. He has a nose for the offensive end of the rink, and he's pretty good in the other two areas as well. Koskinen's an interesting guy to talk about. And look, I've been critical of him. His off games are poor. He gets swimming in the net. Sometimes he loses track of the yeah. puck. But you're, I, I mean, if I'm going to criticize him, I, I got to give him credit. He's he's five and one. I mean, he's five and one. In a couple games, he's been major parts of the victories. Yeah, 933 save percentage. Is that correct? Somewhere yes. around there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue against that. Um you know, he had the tough start last year because he had to play the, you know, all those uh, games in a row. And now the schedule is more balanced. And I know this is a busy week and uh, we'll see how many games he, he plays and how close Smith is. And I'm a little surprised we haven't seen Mike Smith yet, considering it sounded like he was close, in, you know, against the Canucks. But you're, you're going to take your time right now with your with your starter. But, you know, and. We've heard a lot more about mental health with athletes. And last season, he didn't have his family. And that, to me, is a real, real, uh, uh, that is a huge point and, and a huge factor. 
And he had some tough games last year. Like you say, Reed, when he is bad, it's spectacular. It's like 10 out of 10 bad. And when you go home and it's all, it's you and the walls and no one to talk to, that's, that's a very dark place. But now he's got his family with him. And I think that makes a world of difference as well. And I think we can't discount the, the mental health of these athletes. They're, they're, they paid, they're, they're paid very well to play a sport at the highest level, but they're human beings as well. And I think we're seeing a much more settled down Miko Koskinen. And even when I hear him in interviews, and you know he doesn't say much, but I sense a different sort of tone. I sense a calmer tone, a more balanced tone with him. And uh, you know, you, you can't you, you can't not factor in the fact that he's got his family around, and I think that's helped his mental health. All right, you're covering the Edmonton Elks. Uh true man oh man uh we'll, <laughs> we'll start with an interesting development here nick arbuckle gets a contract extension so what does that mean for this year and what does that mean for the draft and then possibly next season i know the third part of that is looking way ahead but i'll, I'll frame it that way yeah okay so he's here now signs an extension for 2022 but he's here now and he's in an interesting spot reed because he just arrived, and now he's in a, in a scenario where he's practicing but not doing very much. Yeah, I would say he's limited in practice just because I think he's more of a watch-and-learn kind of scenario. And then after practice, that's when he gets his throws in and his reps in uh, because uh, he's, he stays a long time after practice and throws to some receivers who are willing to work with him, and there's a lot of receivers willing to work with him. Um, as far as the draft is concerned, so it was a conditional pick given up to the Argos. It was a third-rounder, and that is now upgraded to a second-rounder because the Elks were able to sign him for uh, the 2022 season. Now, Farhan Lalji of TSN, who... I know very well, and uh, I trust his info uh, solidly, said that uh, he's going to get uh, around $5,000 signing bonus, but his uh, his actual salary will be somewhere in the $345,000 to $350,000 range. I don't know, Reed, to me, that's starter money. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I would expect that uh, he's going to be the starter next year. Um, and that's no discredit to Taylor Cornelius. I'm just, I'm just you know, telling what I believe. Um, because I, I think Nick Arbuckle's hungry and, and I think he's the better quarterback anyway. And I, I wouldn't mind if Taylor Cornelius came back and was his backup. So, but they're going to, you know, the, the club has framed it. Jamie Elizondo, the coach, head coach, Brock Sunderland, the GM has framed it. There's a competition here, but I, I think you and I know what's going to happen in 2022 and, and I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I think I, I'm not saying Nick Arbuckle is going to be, you know, the next big star. Uh, in the history of this franchise. But to me, I have a little Mike Riley feel to the Michael Riley feel to this because Ed Hervey back in 2013, he trades a pick for the rights to Riley signs him. It worked out pretty good. I see some similarities to this and there's some things I like about our buckles game. He's got to limit turnovers. That's the biggest thing a young quarterback has to do. But uh, I think, uh, I think this is a, 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 a risk, but I think one that is worth taking with Nick Arbuckle. So, look, they, I, I heard the interview with Jamie Elizondo after the game on Friday, and that was one of the most dejected coach interviews I've heard recently. Um, the team was, was blown out. I, I don't think he was overly impressed by James Wilder Jr. trying to start a fight 
Um, no. and, and I know Wilder's status is is up in the air. How are they getting through this? How is Elizondo getting through this? Yeah, that was uh, as gutted as I've ever heard a coach after a game. And this hurts him. This hurts the coaching staff. They work, you know, I know there's there's criticism of this coaching staff, and I agree with, with a lot of it. You know, they have to be better. They just have to be a better staff. Jamie Elizondo has to be a better head coach. And the whole staff has to has to be better to come out that way against the Hamilton Tiger Cats um, from start to finish, but especially the start off of a bye week after after you had a very good performance and a loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to me is inexcusable. But they work hard, and Jamie Elizondo has been trying to find ways to get better play out of his team, and and I I think for him. You know, this is, uh, for a coach, you, you start questioning everything, like a player would question everything. Like, why is this not working out? But he's gutted, and I know players in that room are gutted. You know, Aaron Grimes spoke with us after the game. Greg Ellingson spoke with us after the game. I think two veterans that have put their heart and soul out there, and both of them said, we got to come out and work. We, we have four games left. We have a responsibility to our team, to our city, to our families. We're getting paid to do this. We got to put something out there for 2022 that's positive. And I think that's how they're approaching it. Now, I believe, especially on the three and seven trip coming up, and you're going to see a lot of guys. I mean, first of all, you're going to have what five or six more players added to the roster for the second and third games on those trips in Toronto and in Vancouver. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of guys play. And you look at the injury report Darrell Walker's limited with a hip growing injury. James Wilder uh, didn't practice with an ankle. Greg Ellingson with a hip didn't practice uh, on the defensive side. Oh, uh, Justin Renfro, they're starting right tackle right now. Knee injury, didn't practice. On the other side, Thomas Costigan, still limited with a quad injury. Jake Ceresna, thankfully, came back, uh, and he's back f- from the uh, unfortunate passing of his mother. And uh, Niles Morgan, their rookie Will linebacker, uh, he's out of action for, uh, we're not sure why. He left for personal reasons as well. Uh, so there's a lot of guys that may not play on Friday. So that gives an opportunity for uh, Jamie Elizondo to play some some other players that are looking for jobs for next season or just, you know, just want to play. Look at Armani Edwards. He hasn't played since week, I think it's week two or week three. I can't remember. I think it's week two against the Montreal Alouettes. You know, he's hungry to get back into the lineup. So, yeah, we're going to see uh, probably a, an adjusted lineup, but, for you know in my opinion i think it's 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 warranted and let's see some guys let's see a lot of guys play and see who wants it all right and look everything else aside it's it's a big day for 630 chet santa's anonymous what's going on at the game it's uh toys on the turf this is our big fundraiser for 630 chet santa's anonymous so uh please bring an unwrapped toy it there'll be uh bins collection bins at all the gates where where fans enter and i i know it's tough i mean you were there at the game last friday i was there i of course i'm there because i'm there every game uh, i haven't seen a crowd like that i haven't seen a crowd thin out like that you know it, it was sad it was depressing in a lot of ways it, but people i'm i'm begging pleading <laughs> I, I shouldn't say begging but i'm i'm imploring you to, to please think about this charity because this is this is a, a huge one. I mean, Santa's Anonymous is uh, is is something that brings so much joy 
for people on Christmas morning, for kids on Christmas morning. So, you know, I realize the record and I realize they haven't won a game at home and I'm not guaranteeing anything for Friday and the Riders are a good team, but you know, th this is a huge one for, for, uh, for the city of Edmonton, for the Elks, for, for 630 Chad Santa's anonymous. So um, I, I would, uh, you know, it's not going to be a, a horrifically cold night uh it's going to be a nice day so hopefully that'll mean it'll be a nice night so um i would just implore you to, to you know if you're thinking about it or haven't thought about it to, to think about coming and watching the elks and and helping uh uh you know a, you know a, a child on christmas morning have a really good christmas yeah that's a great way to put it dave thanks for checking in tonight of course we'll talk tomorrow buddy you betcha look forward to it that is Dave Campbell on Inside Sports, the producer of this very show. A little bit of uh, Elks update. And, uh, yeah, if you are going to the game, the Elks game on Friday, bring something for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. We appreciate it, but not nearly as much as the families that you're going to wind up uh, helping to enjoy a happier Christmas. It's 750 Inside Sports on Chet. the name of the show my friend Oilers back at it tomorrow Furnace Family Oilers Hockey 5 o'clock face-off show game at 6.30 as they take on the Nashville Predators Dave Tippett speaking after practice today a little bit of reflection on the win over the crack and says hey yes yeah, sloppy but we figured it out there's sometimes it's the pace of the game sometimes the other team is is uh, is forcing into those mistakes sometimes you're just as sharp as you need to be and you know, for instance, Bush's game, Bush has been really good for us. That was Bush's down game. He recognizes it this morning. He understands it and put it behind him and he moves on. But we just said we had some players last night that just weren't as sharp as they normally are. And you lead to some of those mistakes. But that's why your goaltender gets the credit sometimes where he cleans up some of those messes and I said last night we were opportunistic it's when I watched it today we probably had more chances than I thought we had last night I never felt like we were under siege last night but we weren't weren't doing we weren't as like I said last night we weren't as good as we were in Vancouver but that being said I give the guys credit they found a way to win Koski was good we we uh capitalized on some chances and you move on so there's going to be game it's 82 game schedule there's going to be some games where you're not at your best but uh, you got to find ways to win those games and we did all right Oilers able to get it done last night World Series looking very good for the Braves in the top of the fifth they lead the Astros six nothing Atlanta up three two in the best of seven so they're trying to finish it off looking very good for the Oil Kings tonight at Rogers Place a four nothing lead on the Hurricanes at the start of the second period. The Predators lead the Calgary Flames 2-1 after the first period. Philip Forsberg with a goal late in the first. Uh, Calgary out oh, shooting the Predators 20-9 in the first period, but Nashville leads it 2-1. Jets up 3-1 on Dallas. That's after two. Senators and Wild 4-4 after two. The Flyers shut out the Coyotes 3-0. The Coyotes have yet to win this season. The Canadians get their third win with a 3-0 shutout of the Detroit Red Wings, Jake Allen with the clean sheet in that one, and the Maple Leafs blank the Golden Knights for nothing. Campbell gets the shutout. Austin Matthews scores twice. He now has three on the season. Rangers and Canucks, Devils, Ducks, Sabres, Sharks going to face off in a few minutes. Okay, don't forget Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. 
you miss anything on this one or you want to hear something again, get the Inside Sports Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or go to the show page on 630ched.com. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.